All right, FCS Fans Nation. It has been a long, long offseason, but we are finally back. And we apologize for our one episode last season, but we are going to be hitting it hard this year. Uh, myself, Matthew Frazee, the Bison admin here for FCS Fans Nation. I am joined with the wonderful Lawrence Smith, repping Kim's Madison. Yep. And Mr. Kylo, Kylor Neal. Did I say Ooh. They're Kylor. Kyler, Kylor, whatever you want. Whatever I'm way just around. there. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm still rough on the names, and I'm going to start right away and apologize for the names that we're going to be pronouncing here throughout the episode, which are members of our FCS fans group. Uh, they're going to have some of the input from some of the questions on Craig Haley's top 25 uh, preseason poll that he put out through Athlon Sports. He actually nailed the final four, the semifinals, in his preseason poll from last season. So we thought we'd hit a quick podcast here and see if we could dive in and answer a few of those questions from our fans in our page. So that being said, Lawrence, Skyler, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Um, I mean, I just can't wait for football season to start. It's been the longest offseason of my life. And yeah, that's about it. I'm ready to sit on the couch, watch TV and football all day long. Sounds great. Yeah, it was a great year last year. Lots of excitement. Uh, top two played out as we expected, and we're looking for another great, great year this year. Yeah, uh, the, the last year sucked. What? <laughs> yeah, if you're outside the top two last year, it was so predictable. It, you know, it was pretty upsetting. I think this year we might have a little more diversity, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, Matt, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I – I enjoyed last season. <laughs> yeah. It was what we all predicted. Um, even as an EWU fan, um, I think all year we were saying it's going to be NDSU and James Madison at the end. And it played out just like that. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Um, there, there was no surprises. Hopefully this year there is a couple surprises like Matt was saying. All right, guys, let's dive into this a little bit. Um, so like we said, we're going off of Craig Haley's top 25 poll, which was deadly accurate in the top four last season. Um, and I'm just going to run through that real quick. Uh, you're looking at the top five here, kicking it off from our two teams that were in the championship last season, NDSU, James Madison. Uh, he throws the University of New Hampshire there at number three, which I think a lot of people were surprised by. We'll discuss that later. Uh, South Dakota State at number four and Kennesaw State, both playoff teams at four and five. Eastern Washington, who missed the playoffs last year, is back in there at number six. Uh, familiar face, Sam Houston. Jacksonville State at number eight. Burst State at nine. Elon and Villanova at 10 and 11. The CAA already re repping strong. Uh, Samford at 12. Delaware at 13. Uh, the Missouri Valley gets Illinois State there at number 14. Nichols at 15. Wofford at 16. Uh, rounding up to 20, we have McNeese. Montana, Northern Iowa, NCTNT, uh, Youngstown State, Austin P. Learned that last year, just P. No P. Sacramento State at 23, and rounding it off, Central Arkansas at 24, and Stony Brook at 25. So that's what Craig Haley sees as the preseason top 25. And we're going to just hop right into the questions, guys. These are all from our comment thread on FCS Fans Nation page. And I apologize once again for our members if I butcher their last names, but they had some good input, and I really want to get into these questions right off the bat. So that being said, um, I'm going to toss this first one to Lawrence if he's ready to go. Uh, Mike Schnell, one of our members, commented, it's hard to argue against number one and number two, 
and in whatever order you choose to place them, that being James Madison and NDSU. I think what Mike's kind of just saying here is these two you could swap from one and two very easily, and they're that close again. Uh, Lawrence, in your opinion, is that what we're seeing this year? Are they that interchangeable, or at this point at preseason is one above the other for NDSU and James Madison? I think last year you could have made that point. This year, though, even as a JMU fan, I have to say, NDSU clear-cut number one, JMU number two. JMU is receiving a little bit of, of flack this offseason, um, and rightly so. You know, we lost our the best quarterback our team's ever had. Uh, we graduated a fair amount of seniors. The team that you see on the field this year and the team that you saw last year are probably going to look fairly different. That being said, I think we do have good depth returning, and we've brought in some, some good transfers, some good recruits. But, yeah, JMU's number two. NDSU is number one for sure. I think I have to agree with you 100%, Lawrence. Um, and I know I backed yourself and all of the James Madison Duke fans out there in our top 25 polls we did within our group, um, mentioning that over and over again. Listen, they're the champs. They haven't been beat. Their streak was going on 20-plus by midseason. Um, I mean, there's just no debate right there. They were the clear-cut number one. I think NDSU sits in that same position this year. And, you know, if they, they drop one, which they – tend to do there in the Valley and can you or somebody else is undefeated? Well, then, then you can start asking questions, but until that point, it kind of stays the same. And Kyler, is that kind of the same thing you're seeing or, or do you have a different so, opinion on that? So actually last year um, to begin the season, I was one of the few that actually put NDSU at number one in our poll. Okay. And it was more because of, you know, this past decade, historically, look at what they've done. They've been unmatched. Now I know JMU won in 2016, and I thought NDSU and JMU were clear-cut one and two. Um, but this year, I'm going against what I did last year, and it's North Dakota State is 100% the number one team going into this next season. Um, they're the clear-cut one. I don't think it's interchangeable. Um, the consistency that NDSU has had all, all decade proves itself. Um, they should always be number one if they win the championship, or even in my opinion, you know, depending on the first couple of games of the year, um, even if they lose the championship next year, they should still be number one um, until they have a fallout, a complete fallout, and they're not in the national spotlight anymore. Sounds good. That makes sense. I think 90% of Bison Nation that jumped on in 2011, they're, they're all going to love that. You know, I, I kid, I kid. NDSU, <laughs> don't worry, I kid. Um, uh, that being said, I, I think that kind of answers kind of what Mike was saying there. So um, we're going to hop on to the next one. Uh, Damison Grollum. I hope I said that right. He says Weber should be higher in this poll. And that was his only comment. And then there was a few things underneath that. But he thinks Weber should be higher. And if we're looking at the poll right now, Weber State sits at number nine. And they're all going to be remembered last year as the team that had the near miracle victory in Bridgeforth, which people thought would have been impossible last season. And that being said, since Weber is out there in the big sky and Kyler is our uh, Eastern Washington admin slash big sky fact individual. We're going to hop over to him and, and have him answer that one. Kyler, do you see Weber in the right spot at number nine or do you, they should be a little higher? I think as a preseason poll, Weber is right where they should be. Now I do think Weber will fall as the season goes on. Um, last year there, the shoulda, coulda, woulda team um, that, you know, everyone remembers their one close game against JMU. And even last year in our podcast, I was mentioning, Weber will not be an easy game versus anyone. They're just a, a tough, scrappy bunch. 
but during this offseason, they lost everyone. Their QB, who was their only offensive playmaker, their NFL wide receiver, uh, NFL cornerback, um, the people who are coming in, like their their quarterback that's coming in is a redshirt freshman. Um, they made so many offseason changes. So I think they're ranked where they should be because of last year's performance. Um, they shouldn't be any higher because of the amount of talent they lost. And I think as the season goes on, you'll continue to see them drop. In my opinion, they probably will not even make the playoffs this year. They're only a couple years removed from going two and nine for like three straight years. So they don't have the recruiting ability um, that North Dakota State, Montana, James Madison, they don't really have that consistent recruiting. So their depth isn't going to be phenomenal. They are a very senior heavy team. So yeah, I mean, they're where they should be. They shouldn't be any higher in my opinion. Um, I could see them being actually lower if they need to, but the season will play out itself. I think that's a phenomenal answer. And and yeah, I, I say, I don't know a lot about Weber as much as I should. And I think that bounces off the fact that you're correct. A few years ago, they were, they were almost way at the bottom in the big sky. And I know NSU played an out of conference game there and had no issues with them closer game than we expected, but still um, they went on to have a rough year. Weber did. So that being said, it'll be an interesting year for the Wildcats after what was a great game there in James Madison. Moving on, we're going to go to a kind of a combo question for two different fan bases. Um, Caleb McDonald, he, he's a JSU fan in our group, and Keith Hooper, he's a Sam Houston fan in our group, both big contributors. Uh, they made comments about not wanting their team in the top 10 because they want their team to earn their spot and ranking. And I believe they're mentioning those comments based off the fact that um, Jacksonville State in the second round after big high seeds has not performed up to par. And uh, Sam Houston, while they haven't earned a national championship, seemed to kind of hit a wall when they hit the inevitable champion in the playoffs. So that being said, I'll, I'll start with Lawrence. Is it legitimate for these two teams' fan bases to want lower rankings to start so the expectations around the team aren't as crazy as they, as they have been in the past? Well, I'm never going to say that anyone should want their team ranked low. <laughs> But right. you do have to temper expectations, you know, based on results from the last couple of years. I would say, actually, Jacksonville State should be concerned about this a little bit more than Sam Houston State. But ultimately, seven and eight, I think, is is right where both of these teams should be in the end. Yeah, I really actually love the the ranking for these teams. I really do. Um, I know the fan bases may have been disappointed. Uh, with how they kind of hit this wall in the playoffs after great regular seasons and they just can't seem to push through and continue on to a national championship. But, you know, they're always right there in the top 10 competition. I think, especially with Sam Houston, they have had so much consistency and so much success that people just, they don't understand how good the Bearcats have been outside of a national title. Um, And obviously with this question, we know the playoff committee is not thinking, well, we should hook this team up and, you know, make their expectations not as high. That's not going to be a factor. I think it's just kind of what the fans are thinking. Uh, Kyler, do you have anything to bounce on that, that question there? Um, so I, I can understand JSU's point of view because um, when you look at the end season results, this decade alone, they've been seeded six times and they've only gotten through their first game twice. Um, to me, they have a lot more to prove. Sam Houston, they've proved themselves. I don't know why you would want your team to be ranked you know, lower, um, you have been one of the most consistent teams in the FCS outside of 
really just NDSU. Sam Houston's even been more consistent than Eastern and JMU, but we have those titles that Sam Houston doesn't. Um, I think if anything, Sam Houston can move up. They, they, they've been able to recruit. They're, they're a consistent team. JSU, they're kind of starting to be more like a NCAT where you don't really know how good or how bad they are based on their competition they're playing throughout the season. Um, and then you see them perform in the playoffs. And, I mean, they, they've really been struggling. So, yeah, JSU, you could be out of the top 10. I totally agree with you. You need to earn your spot. Sam Houston, you don't. You've already earned it. Great input. I love it. Um, and I think you're, you're, you're both spot on and kind of where you guys are coming from there. Um, let's move on to the next one here. Justin McCulloch, I think, would switch Kennesaw and SDSU in the rankings. And looking at Craig Haley's list, these two are right next to each other. He has South Dakota State at number four. Is Kennesaw State number five? This one's personal to me. I have a beer bet with my buddy. He thinks South Dakota State in the official poll will be higher. I think it's going to be Kennesaw. Um, so I'm going to start with just a little bit of my reasoning behind that, and then I'll let you guys kind of jump in if that's okay. I was thinking, looking at both these squads, I see Kennesaw. They went from six and five, eight and three to two and twelve in three years as a program, which is phenomenal. Last year they only lost twelve seniors, which is very similar to where NDSU was the year in 2016. Um, the defense was seventh last year. Returns Bryson Armstrong, a linebacker, the FCS freshman of the year. That offense returned Chandler Burks, a plethora of backs, the stud whiteout Justin Sumter. Um, I mean, that guy's getting NFL looks, and uh, they're, they should be favorites over Georgia State, their F- FBS opponent. I just see a lot of stuff coming back for a quarterfinal team. And in South Dakota State's instance, uh, beside the, besides their senior quarterback um, and their what's their stud linebacker? It's Christian Roseboom, I believe. Besides that, the losses really stick out. Um, you're talking NFL stud guys, Dallas Goddard, uh, Jake Winicky getting a shot there with the Minnesota Vikings. Their leading rusher, Brady Mangarelli, is gone. Tough early schedule at Iowa State. Montana State's coming in town at NDSU to open up conference play. So maybe South Dakota State, I believe, starts higher in the preseason poll, even though it's going to cost me a beer. But I think after those first four games, I don't know if South Dakota State, South Dakota State comes out of that without a loss, where Kennesaw, I think, is going to be undefeated for quite a while. What do you guys think about South Dakota State Kennesaw since they're so close? Who right now would you put four and five if you had to swap them around? Uh, Lawrence, I'll start with you. You're right. They are super close. Um, essentially 4A and 4B in my mind. Based on that, I have to go with South Dakota State getting the nod there just because they made it further in the playoffs last year. I think that's a good tiebreaker between the two teams. You know, Kennesaw State, they got to the quarterfinals, lost to Sam Houston. And in the quarterfinals, South Dakota State demolished New Hampshire. True, Um, true. So I think based on that, I have to – I'll stick with what uh, Craig has here and go South Dakota State 4, Kennesaw State 5. I can see that viewpoint 100%. Kyler, you have anything on that? Yeah, so I'm sticking with um, Craig's spot. I think he's spot on. South Dakota State, you know, they've been consistent this decade. Um, they should be able to replace their their wide receivers, their tight ends. They have a lot of talent on their roster. Kennesaw was the darling of the FCS last year, the new team. Um, they have a lot of hype surrounding them. But I don't know. The way, the way they perform, they have a lot of close games. Um, even against, like, Sam Houston, Kennesaw kind of prided themselves on defense. 
but Sam Houston was able to do really whatever they wanted to him. Um, and now I know it was a close game, but Sam Houston doesn't have defense either. But no, I, I'd put it at four and five. Um, South Dakota State at four, Kennesaw at five. Um, I think Craig's spot on. I think the viewpoints you guys shared are, are are great. I'm kind of in a tough spot there because if I put SDSU up above, then it's the Valley bias coming from the Bison admin. But if I put them down, then maybe I just want SDSU to be lower because they're our rivals. So I'm in a tough spot with those two, but that, that's a really good question. And it, it's I a, think you just got to look at the consistency. That, that's how at least I view stuff. Um, when you're losing talent, if you've been consistent for at least the last four years, you're going to be able to replace that talent. South Dakota State should not have any issues replacing that talent. Well said. Well said. Um, moving on there, I have a question. It's really kind of a combination of what a lot of the conversation was under that thread on the FCS Fans Nation Facebook page. Um, it's for Eastern Washington and New Hampshire. So I'm not going to hone in on one person, but a lot of individuals were kind of upset questioning or very supportive of Eastern Washington, New Hampshire, where they're sitting. Uh, Craig had New Hampshire all the way up to number three uh, and Eastern Washington at number six. And we know their history from last year, New Hampshire losing in the quarterfinals to South Dakota State and uh, Eastern Washington just missing the playoffs, probably your last team out. That being said, why are they ranked so high despite not being a semifinal team for one and the other not a playoff team from last season? Why are those teams ranked so high? I'll start with uh, Kyler for Eastern Washington, since you're our big sky guy. Uh, why are you guys coming back so strong? Why do you deserve that rank of where you're at right now? Um, so I would say for a preseason ranking, we actually don't deserve it. Um, I'm probably really? one of the only Eastern fans that actually says that. I think we deserve anywhere from an 8 to 12 spot. Um, I'd even say... New Hampshire should probably be in the sixth spot where Eastern is um, just from the fact where, you know, you have to take a little bit into account of last year. Eastern okay. did not make the playoffs. They should not be, in my opinion, a top six team coming into next year. Now I do know, I do see why he put them up so high. We were seven and three versus the FCS last year and we returned 18 starters that most teams do not return 18 starters. Um, will be probably the most experienced, maybe tied with UNH for most experienced teams in the FCS next year. So I can see why um, he put us up that high, especially since we've been consistent. I mean, we've reached the semifinals, what, four times this decade, and we've been able to reload on our key positions. Um, so I can see why we're that high. There's a lot of big expectations, but I personally would not put us up at the number six spot. Wow, I love it. Yeah, I think last year was a real shock for the FCS to see Eastern out of the playoffs and, and to be fighting for that spot because you're right, a model of consistency and a national title contender, a real threat year in and year out. So last year was kind of odd for them, and it should be another fun year there on the Inferno for you guys. Uh, Lawrence out there with the CAA and uh, one of your big opponents this year, New Hampshire. Why are they justified at number three, or maybe they're not justified there at number three? Uh, what, what's your opinion there that from Craig's poll? So Kyler likes to talk about consistency. UNH has made the playoffs 15 seasons in a row. Yep. Jeepers. So what's that? Like 2002, 2003, the last time they, they didn't make the playoffs? That is awesome. Yep. Um, they also bring back 18 starters, so they're going to, you know, they're going to be experienced. They know what, it, um, what it's going to take. When you have a playoff streak like that, 
I don't. Why is UNH ever even been out of the top twenty-five <laughs> in the in the past fifteen years? Right. Good point. Um, so I think we can start with that. They should automatically be in the top twenty-five every single year until they don't make the playoffs. Yep. And another important thing to note is they have a very favorable schedule this year. Excluding the Wildcats themselves, UNH gets to play the CAA's first, second, and fourth best teams from last year at home. Wow. They don't they don't play Richmond, who would have been number five on that list at all. And they get to play games is against Rhode Island, which shouldn't be a, a problem for them at all. So if they take care of business at home and then you know they only need to win two of their road games and that should get them a national seed right there. They're, they're going to be a strong team this year for sure. Um, three might be a little high for them to start. I agree with Kyler. I, I'm, you know, I might have them in the, you know, the, the six to 10 range because they made it to the quarterfinals in the playoffs. They, um, they beat central Connecticut state 14 to nothing at home. And then they took down the number four seed, Central Arkansas, on the road. So that's a good show in there. Shows that they're a top 10 team, at least. You know, I don't, I don't hate this pick. I think it's all right. I would probably have them in the lower half of the top 10, though. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of how will the CAA play out as a whole. Because it's pretty much a consensus, at least within our group, um, that the CAA is going to be the best conference top to bottom, team to team. Uh, there's just so much strength there. So can they, the way James Madison has, can they survive that brutality of week in and week out of, you know, maybe being a one loss team or an undefeated team within to get that number three seed or that four seed, that's going to be extremely difficult. And we'll see if the Wildcats can pull it off. So great answers guys. Um, okay. This isn't anything from the group, but we're just going to do it quick between us. Um, I am looking from this top 25 poll from Craig, which was great. And it's really brought excitement to everybody within our group and around the FCS. So we're thankful he wrote it up. Um, I am looking for one spot on ranking one. I hate the ranking and one champion besides the top two. So we're going to start with um, Lawrence with this one. If you could, can I get your spot on ranking Lawrence and just a quick 10, 15 second, you know, a little reason why the, Ranking that I love out of this list is University of Delaware coming in at number 13. I think they should have been a playoff team last year. Danny Rocco came in from Richmond last year. Delaware is a traditional FCS powerhouse. Um, If they don't make the playoffs this year, that would be a travesty. And in fact, I think they could even challenge for the CAA this year. It's going to be JMU, UNH, and Delaware for the CAA. Um, so I, I love that pick. I agree. Awesome. That's great. Lawrence, how about the one ranking that, that you hate on the list? Wofford, 16. Wow. Woo! I think they should be higher. Oh, oh go Terriers. <laughs> he's, he's going anti-Kyler on this one. Higher. Okay, I got to hear this. Well, where did they make it to in the playoffs last year? The quarters and, the, and up to Fargo. Yep. Right. And... Everyone gets crushed in Fargo. Almost everyone. Um, you make it to you make it to Fargo in the playoffs. You deserve to be higher than sixteen in the next poll. Well, can I butt in a little bit? Little debate going. So Wofford did lose their head coach. So I don't know if they're going to be trying to change up their system or not. Um, 
and they they won a lot of very close games last year that could have went either way. And now with the new system, I don't know if they're going to be able to have the power to actually win those games. If if nothing else other than a congratulations for making it to death row in Fargo. Put him put at 10 for me. Put him wow. I love it. And um, based off Craig's information here, um, the new former assistant, Josh Conklin, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Three seasons at Pitt, and he is known to keep the triple option offense. So we might, we might continue to see that out of Wofford for the triple option. So uh, that being said, uh, the one – you know, we'll save that one for the end. We'll, we'll go to Kyler's love and hates right now, and then we'll do the champions at the end. Kyler, uh, the one spot on ranking you loved on this list. So I'm going to keep it kind of big sky on this because um, I think there, there are a couple hits and misses. Um, so I would say the one spot I actually love, um, Sacramento State coming in at 23. Okay. For most of the FCS, they're probably an, an unheard of team. Um, but the last couple of years, they've been on the rise. Last year, they went 7-4, and 6-2 um, and two in the big sky. And they were one of the top five, I believe, passing offenses or scoring offenses in the country. Now, much like Eastern, they actually returned 16 players. So they were just outside the bubble of making the playoffs. Um, And I think they're going to have a bigger year when they return almost everyone. I mean, um, it should be it should be a good, good challenge. And I think we'll see them in the top 25 throughout most of the year. Awesome. I didn't know they returned that that many starters. That's great. Yeah, 16, 16 returners. So um, that's why I actually like them getting a little bit of credit on this list. Great. Love it. How about the one ranking that, that you're not fond of there, Kyler? Now, here's the the one I'm probably not fond of um, for the big sky, I'll, I'll say. Northern Arizona. Um, they actually return quite a bit, too. For most of their season, their 1,000-yard you know, receiver um, two years in a row, he was injured for most of the season last year. So we actually didn't get to see him play. They were a playoff team last year. Their schedule is tremendously easier this year. They miss out on their conference games of Eastern Montana. Um, and it's either Idaho or Montana state. I forgot. So their schedule is pretty easy. Um, I think we'll see them in the top 25 for a majority of the year, if not all the year. Um, so I don't like how they are, missed out on this top 25 that that's my two cents on on those two teams yeah that's that's great i love the input um i'll throw mine in quick since we're shorter on time here um i absolutely love the new hampshire pick i've uh, michael curtis he is die hard unh he's in our group i gotta give him a shout out he's a little biased in some areas but i still love his passion (laughs) i am with him on new hampshire i love a senior quarterback trevor knight uh, I love the fact that they did so well in the playoffs going to South Dakota State, which very few people do not even NDSU. And I just love what they're bringing back, 18 starters. They're going to play in the CAA. And the schedule Lawrence brought up was a phenomenal point I hadn't even thought about. I just love them there at number three. And I take I took quite a bit of backlash on Twitter from some random people on this, but that's okay. Austin P. I don't like it. Um, in the top 25, actually. Me neither. The, th- the three FBS losses, um, not great FBS teams in some of those, and losing to Jacksonville State and their eight wins, I wasn't impressed by any of, any of them. Now, they bring back people, but will that allow them to be legitimate playoff team that in round one is going to win and go on? And, you know, I don't see them at being a top eight seed. 
So Austin P is a team I think I would have outside my top 25. Um, people, I love the story because they had lost so much in what they did last year, but I, I'd have them out. So that being said, quick guys, um, let's do that. Give me one champion besides the top two pick. Lawrence, we'll start with you. I'm going to keep it in the CAA. Got to go with New Hampshire. Um, like I said a few minutes ago, it's going to be them challenging for the CAA title with JMU and Delaware. If you win the CAA, you can win the national championship. No questions asked. Love it. Great. Great point. Kyler? I'm going to say um, it's, it's really a toss-up between two. Um, my Eastern bias is, is showing a little bit, but um, with a much easier schedule than last year, with 18 returning starters and not having four coaches at their first year of coaching is really going to help Eastern's team moving forward. They're a strong pick for a contender. Um, but like Lawrence said, I'm on the UNH bandwagon for next year. When you return that many people, um, it's pretty hard not to pick. So it's between UNH, um, EWU, JMU, and NDSU for, for my top four on who can compete for the championship. Sounds good. I'm going to go out there. Um, until I comments on our threads, I, I would have never picked this team, I don't think. I'm going to go with Samford. I'm going to go with 8-4 and four last year, Samford. And I didn't even look until I looked at the article and read some comments. 11 starters returning on offense. Senior wideout, that's a stud, McKnight. They have so much coming back. Their quarterback's to, a beast. Yeah, quarterback is really good, which is something that's huge at the any level, but the FCS level especially. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Sanford there at 12 to just quietly float around, hit the playoffs, and get hot here in, uh, in June. We can call teams like that here in June. So uh, that being said, with everything that we went through, um, I just want to give a shout-out to Craig Haley. Thank you so much for continuing to write good material, good articles, uh, Athlon Sports, for putting that article up and really kicking off the, uh, the season talks within our page. Um, if you are listening to this for the first time, uh, FTS Fans Nation is on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. We're all over the place. We have 6,300 members currently on Facebook. It's a wide demographic that's built around respect, learning, and not just trash talk. It's great for the FCS, and um, we would love to have more members joining all the time. That being said, Lawrence, Kyler, any last thoughts about this poll or anything you'd like to throw in there before we uh, call it a night? I'll just... Oh, I was just going to reiterate what Matt said at the beginning of the, th of the podcast. Um, this year is a lot more intriguing than last year. There's a lot more title contenders um, on paper than last year. So it should be a fun year. Go Dukes. Go Dukes, he says. Go Dukes. Couldn't agree more. Um, as a, as a bi Bison bias fan, uh, uh, I can't even talk tonight. As an NDSU biased bison fan if, if i could speak on that for just a little bit because i keep the bias away uh, i would be okay with a boring year where that number one just kind of <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little boring year that being said I, I am open for some excitement it's going to be a ton of fun guys join us on fcs fans mission anytime uh, appreciate your time tonight lawrence kyler we will see you guys on the threads we'll see you on the pages we'll see you on twitter um have a good night looking forward to the season have a good one guys